So I've just asked Hope if she would come and read the scripture again to us. So we're reading from John 4, verses 46 to 54. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official near Capernaum, Capernaum, whose whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come to Judea from Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who who was about to die. Jesus, Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miracles? miraculous signs and wonders the official pleaded lord please come now before my little boy dies then jesus told him go home your son will live and the man believed the um, the man believed what jesus said and started home while the man was on his way some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well he asked them when the when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon, at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that was the very time Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second mir- miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee before coming home from Judea. Thank you, Hope. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here with us today. We thank you that you want to speak to each of our hearts. We thank you that we can come as we heard last week, those vessels that are filled with water. But when you you come into our lives, you turn it and you turn us into beautiful vessels of wine to bless and to enrich those around us. And Lord, I want to come this morning with the things that you have told me and shown me and this wonderful word before us and ask you to apply it to each of our lives. May the water turn into wine. May we understand and appreciate and glean something today that you want to teach us and say to us. So as we quiet our hearts, as we still our minds, Come and speak, Lord. Come and speak. Amen. Amen. When, when I was first given this scripture, I read it and I was like, wow, it says it all, doesn't it? It's, it speaks for itself. It speaks of this wonderful, amazing miracle of Jesus. But then I was like, Lord, okay, I've read, I've read this part. What do you want to say? It's really good when we read scripture to ask ourselves that question. We find that Jesus often asks questions to get us to think, to get us involved, and to change, to change us. And so I was like, Lord, what do you want to say to us in this scripture this morning? What do you want to say to me? Because when we read scripture... It's for multiple reasons. It's to get to know Jesus more. It's for us to understand him more. But it's also not just to have that knowledge, but also for it to be applied and to outwork through our lives. So I was like, Lord, what are you wanting to say to our church this morning? 
And I think it's really interesting. We hear about this, this man who is actually in some, in some, in some versions is, is called a royal official. He's a nobleman. He's a man of wealth. He's a man of influence. He's a man of means. And he's probably tried everything he possibly can for his son to be made well. So he's used all his influence, all his money, all his connections, but still his son is ill. And we're not immune, any of us, to life. None of us are immune. We cannot make ourselves immune by, by our life, by, by education, by money. None of that is actually going to aid us in our relationship with Jesus. It helps, yes, and they're all great. And I'm really thrilled that Marion has her doctorate. It's fantastic. But it doesn't, it doesn't bias or take us or lead us to where we need to be in Jesus. So this man is, is actually at the point of, I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left. My son is dying. Everybody knows he's dying, but he's heard of this man and this news has spread of the miracles that Jesus does. Because let's be honest, who doesn't love a good miracle? Who doesn't love seeing signs and wonders? Who doesn't love being part of the story of Jesus? And he sees this, and Ralph's talked this morning about hope, and I believe that this nobleman had hope. This was his last chance, but it wasn't just a, an off, it wasn't just dip, nipping right down the road. This was about 13 to 15 miles away, Capernaum was from Cana. We're not talking about getting an Uber. We are literally, 15 miles is not an easy trip. Later on we read, don't we, that as he's traveling home, he heard he's in the next day. So it's a journey. Okay, it's a journey, but he has hope, and he has hope that he can even leave his dying son, because who would leave their dying child if they didn't have hope that something could come of it? I certainly wouldn't. I, you know, when my son was lying there, and there was a thought that he was dying, I did not want to leave him. I said I would self-discharge from hospital so that I could follow the ambulance to the children's hospital, because I was so desperate to stay with my son. And I imagine this man would not have left unless he had hope. Unless he knew there was a possibility that this Jesus he'd heard of was able to help him. So my first point, and kids try and remember some of these points. My first point is riches could not buy him what he needed. Okay? Riches, the latest gadgets could not buy him what he needed. So that's my first point. So we heard that Jesus had come, verse 47, and he went to him and implored him to come and come with him and heal his son because his son was at the point of death. He implored him. And he thinks, and this is my other point, he thinks that Jesus has to come with him. He thinks that Jesus physically has to come with him. And this is where I believe that God wants to reveal to us the Messiah and the, the, the depth and the beauty that we have in knowing Jesus. Because we read later what happens, but he's at this moment, in this moment in time, his brain and his thinking is Jesus has to come with me. Okay, so just bear with me and we'll carry on. Then Jesus says something quite interesting. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. 
wow, that's quite harsh, isn't it? It seems quite harsh to say, some, say to somebody whose son is dying, sort of confronting it, but, you know, to that, unless you see signs and wonders, and he's like, but my son's dying, you know, he's imploring him. But I wonder whether it's not, he's not just saying this to the nobleman. I reckon that when the nobleman came to Cana, he's gone, guys, have you seen where Jesus is? My son's really, have seen where Jesus is? And he's searching around, he's looking because he wants to get to Jesus quickly. And as he does that, he's probably gained a crowd of people following, say, wow, we've heard of this Jesus, let's go see what he's going to do. Because they want signs and wonders. Now, who of us, and I'll put my hand up, wants signs and wonders? We want signs and wonders, don't we? We do want it. And it's not bad to have signs and wonders. But I reckon that Jesus is challenging all of us, and I felt challenged by this too, to say there is more than signs and wonders. There is me. There is me, Jesus. I am actually what you're looking for. Not signs and wonders, You'll have heard, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, how they'd had this amazing miracle, which we heard about last week, where the water was turned into wine. The most incredible, miraculous miracle that will have got round everywhere. But he's still saying to them, look, you still are hankering after signs and wonders, but do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? Do you believe in me, your Messiah, the chosen one? You've seen these things, but still you want signs. Still you're chasing for the periphery. Still you're gleaning for those things that, you know, it's a bit like, I know, for instance, that Taylor Swift is coming for the tour next summer. And people are vying for those tickets. They're searching, they're eager for the razzmatazz, the, the concert, the explosion and this is a bit like, it's not the same, but this is a bit like what they're wanting. They're wanting their lives changed, but they're not looking at their depths of their lives changed. And I, this is my second point today is I want to challenge you. Do you really want Jesus? Do you really want Jesus? Or you're just after the, give me what I can get. This is what I want. This is what will make my life easier, Lord. Do we really want Jesus? And so I think he's actually encouraging and drawing the nobleman into something deeper. He's actually using a question and what appears to be a rebuke by saying, there's more. There's actually more than what you're asking for if you'd only come to me. Like he said in the previous, just before, as we've read in um, Again, chapter 4, he says to the Samaritan woman, come to me and you'll never thirst again. Because even with miracles and signs and wonders, we are all going to die one day. But with Jesus, we have eternal life. Knowing Jesus, having Jesus, he is the greatest gift. He is the greatest wonder. He is the greatest sign. And that's what he's saying to this man. So he's not being unkind. He's, not, he's saying there's more. Do you want more? I do. Do you? Do you? Amen. <laughs> oh, 
We do, we want more. And you know what? The nobleman gets it because he's not offended. He's a nobleman. What do you th- who do you think you are not asking my request? He could have said, he didn't. He's not irritated by it. He's not angry, he doesn't take a huff and walk away because he gets it. He gets the spirit of what Jesus is saying to him. And sometimes Jesus doesn't always answer your prayer with an instant yes. But I want you to take a moment and say, Lord, are you asking me for something more? Do you want to teach me more? Do you want to take me down a path that shows me more of you? Let's be willing for that surrender. The nobleman doesn't take offence. And I can't stress that enough because often we take offence when we think God hasn't listened or heard or taken notice of what our situation is. But he's there. He's in there. He's, he's, totally, he's totally seeing it all. He's, his compassion is there. His mercy is there. But he's saying there's more. There's more for you. And the nobleman doesn't give up, though. He goes, I know, as Ralph was saying, you are my only hope. Jesus is our only hope today. He's our only hope. And he says, sir, verse 49, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, and this is where the change is exchanged from verse 47, where he's saying, you've got to come with me, Jesus. Jesus has drawn him deeper in those, just that short section. And Jesus says, go your way your son lives. So the man believed. He believed the word God spoke and he went his way. Can you see the difference within a few verses? You've got to come with me. There's something more. I'm your more. I'm your more. Something more. Jesus transcends time. Jesus transcends all of our, all of our limitations, all of our constrictions. And you've got 15 miles apart and Jesus says he lives, the man believes. And as we've already read, we know that at that exact moment, he started getting well. That is the Jesus that we have interceding for us. That is the Jesus that we have praying on our behalf. That's the Jesus that in heaven comes and transcends onto earth and does what he says he will do. Do you believe? Do I believe? Are we going to believe that Jesus will do what he says he will do? The man said, go your way. So the man believed the word. It was simple as that. The man believed. And today, and I've been challenged today, I've been challenged as I've read this. Beth, do you believe my word? And he says that to each of us today. Do you believe my word? The word that I've given you, this treasure trove, this amazing book that is filled with layers and layers of truth and wisdom and teaching. Do you believe my word? That's my third point. Do you believe his word? And so it wasn't a rebuke. 
It wasn't a rebuke. And so much in our lives, I just want to encourage you that they, they often can seem like rebukes or they can seem like the door shut or they can seem like God has, has we're like, why? But trust him. It's a journey I'm going on. Trust him. Because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing in your life and in those of the lives around you. And isn't it interesting that the man just walks away? He doesn't question. He walks away and believes it. And today, if God has spoken a word into your heart, children, adults, young people, if God has spoken a word into your heart, whether that is through somebody speaking to you, a scripture, confirmation of prophecy, believe it. Believe it. You might not know the timing. You might not know when it's going to happen, but believe it. He believed it and went his way. And I don't even know whether he rushed. He knew it. He sort of seemed to know it happened because then the next part of the story is we're into the next day. And as he was going down, verse 31, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Hallelujah. Your son lives. Jesus answers prayer. Do we believe that? Jesus answers prayer. Can I have a hallelujah? Jesus. Oh, yeah, there are. Jesus answers prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he inquired of them. So he's curious. Let's be curious. Let's be excited at the work of God. Let's have our minds ready to ask those questions because then we glean even more. Because as we've already read, he inquired of them the hour when he got, when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour in which Jesus had said it to him, your son lives. The same hour. And I want to just share a couple of, a couple of testimonies of where God, and you might, have, you might have things that you've had answered to prayer at the exact moment when someone in a different continent or a different place has prayed for you. And a lot of you know about Caleb, and I will mention him briefly for those that don't know you. Caleb was born incredibly ill. He wasn't even sedated. He was that flat when he, when he was born, but couldn't breathe. He was literally flat out and he had to be ventilated. And there, there was loads, they'd, they'd looked at him, all his different signs and whatever else, and they'd said, your boy's incredibly poorly. They sat us down, they said, ring who you need to ring, and here's a picture of him. Now, <laughs> I have been on the medical side of things, and I know if you get a picture of your son, it's pretty dire, <laughs> because you could have that later. They're giving it you now. And, but I know that when we set off behind the ambulance, off to the children's because we'd had him at City Hospital. There was a prayer meeting going on here exactly the same time. And I also know that a friend of mine, Daniel's mum, had said to me, she knew I was due and she'd been stirred shortly after midnight to pray for me and to pray for Caleb. I also know that a friend of ours was having um, chemotherapy treatment and was staying at my parents' house and she heard the call and she knew again this isn't usual to have a call in the middle of the night and people leave at two o'clock to go and see a baby. This isn't normal. It is a bit more normal now because you're allowed in at any time. So we've got all those different people praying. We've got in Portugal, we've got here, and we've got a prayer meeting in church. And what does God do? He brings about a miracle exactly the same time. That's what God does. 
A much smaller example is I was, a friend of mine was watching um, a preach on YouTube and I got, I didn't know she was watching this preach. I'd never heard the preach. So there's no premeditation to this. And as she was listening to it, unbeknownst to me, I just felt, oh, I'm just going to see how she's doing. And just say, oh, I love you. You know, kiss, 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 send her a text. And so I sent this text and she said to me, Beth, you are not going to believe it. As I was listening to this YouTube preach, it said somebody will message you and tell you that you are loved. And she said, the exact moment that this happened, your message came through. So our prayers make a difference. Yeah, we can partner with this. The amazing thing is this was Jesus, but he invites us to partner with this as well. He invites us, he invites you children, whether you're young or old, to partner in this journey with him. You have this amazing availability to Jesus. The exact time, the exact hour. So the father knew that it was at the exact time, that's what we've said. So then going on, it says, and he himself believed and his whole household, his whole household Do you know the influence you have on telling the story of Jesus? Do you know the influence that you have to your friends, to your family, to those around you? Do you share those miracles with them? Do you journey and partner with them? They knew how sick this boy was. They knew what had happened. But the exact time and the exact hour had taken them to another level. Jesus actually in not going, had done something greater than if he'd gone. That's the Jesus that we all know today, or can know. And that's the invite that I have for you today. Do you want to know this Jesus? Do you want to know? Him, he believed, and his whole household, that is the influence you have. So don't waste what you've got, what God's given you, the stories you have to tell. Use them. Use them for his glory and honor. And it says in verse 54, this again is the second sign. It was a second miraculous, unusual, changing, stretching of the brain sign that he did in Galilee. Showing and pointing to the Messiah Jesus. The Messiah Jesus that goes beyond our capacity, beyond our knowledge, beyond our comprehension. So can anyone remember the key points that I said today? Can any of you kids remember, or maybe adults? Anyone want to participate? Riches. Riches can't buy you. Thank you. Second one. To believe, absolutely. Believe in the word that he's given you. Amen. Any more? Share your miracles, amen. Marion's nodding there. Have you got something, Marion? So he thought Jesus had to come, but no, Jesus doesn't need to physically come because he comes in and through us, amen, hallelujah. So let's pray. Let's thank God for all that he is to us, all that is available to us. And can I just say, actually, before I pray, if you don't know Jesus like I've talked about today, then please seek one of the leaders to pray with.
because Jesus wants a personal relationship with you today. And we can talk over that more together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a miracle-working God. I thank you that you move beyond time and limitations. I thank you that you move heaven and earth to meet us and do the very best for us. And that we can declare that you are good and that you are for us and not against us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the, the heart of this nobleman who came was honest, was open, shared his vulnerability with those around him. Jesus is my only hope. And Jesus met him and did more than he could ask or think. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And we love you and thank you. And just pray for anyone who is waiting on a shift in their circumstances, that you will encourage them today to keep believing to keep trusting that you're a God who is faithful and true and merciful and full of compassion. Amen.